You are listening to Legion of Substitute Podcasters, episode 355, Superboy Meets Supergirl. Welcome to Legion of Substitute Podcasters, episode 355. I'm Paul French, and today I'm Long Weekend Lad. It's a bit of a sort of a faux long, well, it's a real long weekend for me, I guess. But I'm just on the tail end of vacation, so I guess it is, um, it has been an extremely long weekend, <laughs> is one way to look at it. Uh, but uh, yeah, it is the last day of it, though. Well, tomorrow's the last day of it. And uh, and then it is it is back to uh, back to work, but in the meantime there is Superboy stuff to read, so that's what I'm going to do. This concerns the now two Legionnaires to have their own solo live action TV series. I'm of course talking about Superboy and Supergirl. Um, Supergirl has her upcoming TV series, um, which starts in September, uh, starring uh, Melissa Benoist as uh, Supergirl. I don't know if I'm pronouncing her name right. I've heard people pronounce it Benoist, but you know what? These are sometimes the same people that pronounce foyer, foyer, or homage as homage. It's not a breakfast cereal, people. So um, anyway, <laughs> welcome to Grammar Cast. Take a drink. All right. So, uh, but anyway, so they, they've got this uh, Supergirl TV series that's, that's starting. Uh, the pilot looked kind of fun, um, and uh, from what I've heard, from what I've heard, um, and uh, and of course there was the uh, the Superboy TV series, which ran many, many, many years ago. Uh, actually about 25 years ago or I guess it continued to run about 20 years ago it ran or no 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 it was 23 years ago it ran um the series ran from October of 1988 to May of 1992 I think I kind of came on board somewhere in the middle there I think the uh the syndication of it um I don't know if it, I, I don't know if it's just that it wasn't great up here, or that it wasn't around a whole lot, um, or it bounced around a bit. Um, but anyway, um, I remember kind of getting into it toward the end, and uh, or toward the end of maybe the second second season. I don't know. And then it was hard to get some of the later seasons because you know there was the, the second season was the was the. Okay, so in the first season, Superboy was played by an actor named John Hames Newton. Apparently, there was a big to-do over contract negotiations and uh, and a, a DUI arrest, um, and he was replaced with uh, Gerard Christopher in uh, the role as Superboy. And so they actually made quite a big change in season two. Season one was kind of... Uh, um, you know, it was so. It was basically the main cast was Superboy, Clark Kent, uh, Lana Lang, of course, and uh, and Clark's college roommate T.J. White, who was of course the son of Daily Planet editor Perry White. Um, in the first season, Lex Luthor was played by a guy named uh, Scott Wells, um, who I, I don't know that I've seen in. in 
really anything else. Um, but uh, he was replaced by Sherman Howard. And Sherman Howard, for um, Seinfeld fans, is the guy who uh, was cured by the presence of a junior mint in his abdominal cavity in the junior mint episode. Um, he was the, <laughs> let's watch them slice this fat bastard up. Um, anyway, uh, but so this, this other guy who played him in the first season uh, basically had sort of bit roles on Emergency, The Bionic Woman, The Misadventures of Sheriff Lobo. Oh, I'd forgotten about that show. Uh, Beauty and the Beast, uh, that would be the um, Linda Hamilton, uh, Ron Perlman, uh, Beauty and the Beast. And uh, then, of course, played uh, Lex Luthor in four episodes of Superboy, the last of which, uh, before that, he was kind of like a guy who fixed football games, and then uh, they had the, the lab accident story. And then he was in a movie called The Taking of Beverly Hills in 1991, and that's the last thing on his IMDb. Um, but of course, uh, you have... So so they, they did like the first couple of seasons where it's just, hey, he's in college and all this stuff's going on. But in that second season, um, the main story consultants were Mark Jones and Carrie Bates someone who's a little familiar with Superboy and Superman's uh, mythos. So you had to, you started to see a lot more of that kind of stuff. Um, so uh, Super, Super, uh, so Lex Luthor apparently got plastic surgery to assume the appearance of someone else, and that's why the character looked different. Uh, T.J. White went and got uh, rolled out of the series, supposedly going to work for his father at the Daily Planet, and uh, there was a new guy named uh, Andy McAllister, played by Ilan Mitchell-Smith, who became Clark's new roommate. And um, so you get, he got kind of a lot more um, of, of the comic-based stuff. So you had, uh, for example, um, Metallo showed up. There was a Bizarro episode. The Yellow Perry, who was... A, 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 I got to think he was she was a... Um, uh, a Paul Copperberg creation because I think she was definitely later in the run. No, Bob Rosakis and Kurt Schaffenberger. And that was so she made her first appearance in Superboy 34. So it's a lot earlier than I thought. Um, and we didn't really see her a whole lot, but she was kind of, uh, um, well, she was kind of a magic character, but there was also a, a connection to the fifth dimension. Mm, you know who that is. Um, so yeah, so yeah, so you had a, a, a lot of that stuff, um, and uh, and and so uh, um, there was Mister Mixer's Pitalik, uh, who had actually shown up in the first season, but he came back, and um, uh, Gilbert Gottfried played a, a wisecracking criminal genius named Nick Knack who used toys to commit crimes. For some reason, I guess they couldn't use Toy Man. Um, and uh, anyway, so so a lot of stuff like that. Uh, they they had uh, aliens that disguised as uh, Jor-El and Lara, played by George, uh, former James Bond, uh, George Lazenby, and Bond girl Britt Eklund uh, played aliens disguised as his parents. Um, anyway, so yeah, so there was a, there was a whole lot of that stuff. And then in the later se- in the, the last two seasons. They became part of, they moved from uh, Schuster University to the Bureau for Extra Normal Matters in Capital City, Florida, and they were interns there. And so it was kind of, you know, 
this and this was like pre X Files actually. Yeah, yeah, it would have been pre X Files, and because uh, X Files didn't start until about a year later, um, so uh, so they had to investigate paranormal activities and aliens, which included, of course, Superboy, and um, so yeah, so that and that was the the last uh, two seasons, as I say, it um, it then. Um, basically uh, kind of died out. There was a whole lot of stuff behind that. Um, and this ties into actually Supergirl as well. Um, so the, the the Superboy series was actually doing pretty well. Um, but that last uh, season was, was the end. That fourth season was the end. Uh, there was supposed to be a, a title, a finale titled Obituary for Superhero. In which uh, Superboy was supposed to, uh, basically it would look like he met his demise at the end hands of uh, Lex Luthor, big cliffhanger, and the Salkins, who of course had done the Superman movies uh, and also the Supergirl movie, uh, had intended to make a series of TV movies which was going to resolve the cliffhanger and see him come back. But shortly after they'd filmed the episode, Warner Brothers filed a lien against them to reclaim certain uh, IP rights uh, that they were still in possession of. Um, so, of course, in 1978, they'd entered into an agreement with the Salkins for the development and distribution of you know, various potential properties centered around Superman. And this included um, the potential for a Superboy film or TV series. So, of course, they had produced four Superman-based films between 1978 and 1984. You know which ones are the good ones and which ones are decidedly not. Um, of course, the first two were very popular with critics and audiences. The second two, not so much. Uh, Superman three, I think, did okay, but it was critically it was a flop, and uh, I mean, it, man, does does that not hold up? Um, and of course, Supergirl, uh, which uh, which they had also done, uh, was a box office bomb. I mean, just a, just a disaster. So they they ended up in in sort of the. Uh, the lease for this, they they sold off some of the uh, the film rights, which included the rights for another Superman movie, and that of course came out in 1987. Um, but so rights for the for the Superboy related programs, they they held on to, so they of course began to develop this Superboy TV series, and since Warner Brothers didn't have exclusive rights to produce or distribute anything that they produced based on the Superman properties. Alex, they, they, they decided uh, they, they, they weren't uh, obligated to use them to distribute the series and decided to contract with Viacom to distribute it. So in the meantime, Canon Films, whom, to whom they'd sold all, a lot of their other stuff, um, was uh, experiencing some nasty financial troubles, and Warner Brothers intervened after Superman IV, The Quest for Peace. Yeah. Uh, which... Of course, flopped at the box office. Uh, this kind of, you know, put an end to uh, to Superman movies for for quite some time, um, and this basically allowed uh, Warner to take back the rights to the property, and uh, they put it back under their own umbrella. And so, at this point, Warner Brothers decided to try and develop a new live action Superman TV series, and would have been the first since the original uh, George Reeves series uh, left the air in 1958. This series, of course, would become Lois and Clark, The New Adventures of Superman. And it was, of course, fil- set in the 
the new John Byrne continuity where he doesn't become uh, Superman until he is an adult in Metropolis and, uh, you know, Lompoc Kent's still alive, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but as an adult. And, and so um, because this would be taking place in different continuity, they thought, oh, this is going to be kind of confusing. And so they... Uh, they actually filed this lien, and that, of course, stopped the Salkins from being able to produce the movies that they wanted to do to round out the Superboy series. So the writers of Superboy had to rewrite Obituary for a Superhero and create a new final episode, which was a uh, two-parter called Rites of Passage. So Obituary for a Superhero aired during the middle of the final season, and then the conclusion was Rites of Passage, which uh, aired in May of uh, 1992, and after this, Warner Brothers took back the remainder of the property as leased to the Salkins, and Lois and Clark, of course, started September 12, 1993. And there was a big uh, courtroom battle over Superboy. Wow, that's never happened. Um, which was uh, ended up being settled. So the terms of the settlement, which were still binding as of last year, gave Warner Brothers full control of the Superman franchise's films and television series, with the exception of television distribution of Superman 4. Which, you know, oh, oh no, we lost Super. Oh, okay, I guess we lost Superman 4. Um, and that's under the uh, control of, uh, of uh, a sort of a subsidiary of Paramount Pictures. Uh, control of the Superboy television series, um, uh, you know, as it exists, uh, is shared with uh, Ilya Salkin, who took over his father's share of the series when, uh, when his father died in 1997. And the Salkin's corporate successor, Studio Canal. Um, so Viacom ha- retained the television distribution rights to the series in the U.S., which are now in the hands of CBS Television Distribution. And Warner Brothers holds the worldwide home media distribution rights, which um, I don't think they've ever... They've, they, it's never been rerun since the finale in 1992. And, um, and really just kind of exists in... Uh, in bootlegs. So sometime after the series cancellation, there was a dispute over what rights they actually owned, and so this prevented any official home video release. And so um, the only between 1992 and 2006, the only way to see the show was uh, by ordering bootleg VHS and DVD copies sold on eBay, etc. And eh, very varying uh, audio and video quality. In 1999. Um, Gerard Christopher began offering three VHS tapes of the series created from his personal master tapes. Uh, He has masters of all the episodes he starred in from seasons two to four. Each videotape featured four episodes, which were selected episodes from seasons three and four, and it was sold on his then former website for a price of $25 to $30 U.S., fourth VHS videotape was released by Christopher in 2002. He not only sold these on his uh, site by uh, mail order, but also sold them at personal appearances when attending various conventions and shows. Uh, He had offered other Superboy merchandise for sale, um, such as autographed photos and one-time even episode scripts. All merchandise from him was personally autographed. I sense that there is another shoe about to drop. Uh, In response to overwhelming uh, fan demand from a private email sent by Christopher, only to the fans who had previously ordered merchandise from the site, he decided to offer all Superboy episodes on DVD, offering a complete Season 2 set in uh, early June 2004, 
and had planned to uh, sell complete sets of three and four in the future. Uh, the Adventures of Superboy Season 2 Episodes DVD set com- consisted of three discs uh, in DVD-R format and was produced by Christopher himself and sold for a price of $159 US. Wow. Um, due to their past loyalty, fans who had previously ordered uh, merchandise from his site were able to produce it, to pre-purchase it at a reduced price of just $129 US. Good Lord. Um, it was decent. It, it ain't $129 decent. Um, and of course, this offer was invitation only. Um, and so the last two seasons were planned to be sold at a reduced cost. Um, uh, the tapes and DVDs that he sold were the best quality copies of the series available since they were made from the master tapes rather than from off-air recordings like all the other bootlegs. Um, then... Uh, Warner Home Video announced the official release of season one, and he announced that his would no longer be available um, in 2005. And so I wonder if um, that kind of brought the end of it. Um, I think maybe he, I don't know, I'm going to guess at some point some lawyers intervened and said, hey, dude, seriously. Um, uh, in an interview for uh, for supermanhomepage.com, uh, Salcombe revealed that the legal battle between the three companies involved in the series production um, via Com Warner Brothers and the Salkins was the reason the show was not rerun on television or released to home video. Um, the dispute was settled circa 2005, opening the door for the series to be released on DVD and also through AOL's Into TV free on-demand internet streaming site. And... Um, so they did do, um, uh, looks like they, wow, just over the last couple of years. So 2006, they did um, uh, the first season. And then about three years ago, they did uh, the complete second season. And the third season came out in July of 2013. And the fourth season in uh, uh, October of 2013. So they are available out there. I've just never seen them anywhere. Um, I gotta look into that. Um, as long as they're not one hundred and twenty nine dollars a season, because that would be ridiculous, seriously ridiculous. So anyway, um, so yeah, welcome to Superboy TV series cast. Take a drink. All right, so we're gonna get into. Uh, so hopefully, uh, the Supergirl series uh, fares a little better in its in its run. All right, so Superboy and Supergirl. Of course, Supergirl didn't show up until he was Superman, as we know. And um, so, uh, so of course, meeting Superboy, well, that would involve some sort of time travel. And, of course, they had met as Legionnaires. I don't know if they had at this point. They always seemed to be sort of around at different times, for or at least for, for the first while. Um because uh, you know, they used to play kind of fast and loose with the uh, with the whole um, uh, hypnotic suggestion that uh, that Saturn Girl used to make sure that he forgot the future. Um, so while there were probably a couple of times that they met before, I, the, the only one I really that kind of definitively stands out to me where they did meet was uh, was of course uh, when they were kicking ass and taking names in 
in in the great darkness uh, and and that that's kind of what was so cool about that panel is is seeing uh, seeing that giffen drawn superboy and supergirl coming in and uh and and basically uh you know throwing throwing mad punches at uh at dark side and his and his minions and it was really cool um so um, this story uh, comes to us uh, from 1960. Yes, it itself is traveling through time uh, very, very slowly. Uh, this was, um, <laughs> you know, it's kind of a, a grab bag of, of, of Legion alumni uh, making this uh, story happen. Uh, we had, um, we had uh, Jerry, uh, some, some guy named Jerry Siegel writing it. Some familiarity with all the characters, don't you think? Um, so yes, Jerry Siegel, uh, who of course penned many Legion stories, as well as having something to do with the creation of Superman slash Superboy. Uh, it was penciled by Kurt Swan. Uh, a lot of Legion history, a hell of a lot of Superman history. And inked by John Fort, who of course drew a bunch of Legion stories. And uh, so... So there we go. Lots of lots of Legion involvement here. Um, so th this one opens up. Oh, oh, and I should say I should say when 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 this. Uh, so it was uh, from. Here it is, from Superboy issue number eighty, uh, April nineteen sixty. So we're not far off the uh, the story where Ultra Boy would appear as well, and. Um, yeah, so, um, you know, Superboy reaching in, in, in issue 80 is a, is a nice thing. And uh, we, uh, of course, wouldn't, wouldn't see this again for, for quite some time. I don't think the, uh, oh, no, the Adventures series, nah, didn't make it that far. Um, uh, but, but let's also remember, hey, this, this just actually brings up another thing, was, was the whole plan uh, for... Um, uh, pre-crisis for Superboy to um, end up um, having um, a, a, a series that was kind of a, a Superboy and Supergirl series, and uh, there was there you know uh, Paul Kupperberg actually has uh, has put up put up some stuff about that, and and that that's what would have happened, and then then the crisis happened, and so not so much. Um, so this one on the cover has uh, Superboy standing with a big bullseye, and um, and he's he says and uh, he's talking to uh, Supergirl, saying uh, saying you know golly Supergirl I could never play this game with an ordinary friend for the first time in my life I've got a super playmate. <laughs> wow, um, she's and she's thinking poor Superboy in a few days I must return to the future. He won't see me again until he grows up to be Superman. Um, this one apparently valued. I always love price guide stuff. Apparently valued in uh, in my conditioner at two hundred dollars. Yeah. All right. So uh, we open with a splash panel with um, Supergirl hiding behind a meteor. Um, and he says, gosh, playing hide-and-seek in outer space with Supergirl is loads of fun. And she says, haha, what a terrific hiding place. Cousin Superboy can't see me hiding behind this lead meteor, even with his x-ray vision. <sighs> Reference to lead meteors. There must be kryptonite around. Take a drink. Um, so it opens in the year 1960. 
Deep in the heart of frigid Antarctica as Superman and his young cousin Supergirl playfully create a colossal snowman. So they're creating this huge snowman and uh, and she's and Supergirl's thinking, this is a blast. What, what's with you, Superman? Why aren't you smiling? And he says, I just recalled something unhappy about my childhood. Seriously, dude? Um, but, you know, it's because he was lonely. And, and we've talked a lot about this. Like, this is why the... Uh, you know, this is what was great about the Legion showing up for, for Superboy was it, it gave him friends. It gave him friends that, where he could just be himself, and, uh, and and he never had that. So I guess, okay, that's what it is. Um, he says, many years ago when I lived in Smallville as Superboy, I could never play with kids my own age for fear of giving away my identity. Oh, how I longed for a human playmate who was super like myself. And she says, I know how you feel. I, too, dare not play with anyone my own age. Wow, Siegel's rocking the dialogue here. Um, so they go their separate ways, and she thinks, hey, I know what I can do. I'm going to fix this. I'm not just going to feel sorry for super who I am myself. I'm going to do something about it. So she travels back in time. We see the little rainbows. We see the uh, pieces of paper showing the year, and uh, we see 1938. How appropriate. Um so Superboy is, uh, so that would be, yeah, so, so, you know, here's, here's where the timing always works, works strangely, right? Because you got the, uh, the whole, um, um, thing about, you know, like, like Superboy, you know, by the time, uh, uh the Carrie Bates series, uh, The Adventures of Superboy, of course, um, he was then, you know, we've got Superman in, at, at his perpetual age of 29, Right, so that's key. So, so twenty nine, right? So, in um, so when that series started in nineteen eighty, um, we we went back and and of course we were given the the time frame right in that first issue that Superboy is sixteen, right? So, so we've got we've got a thirteen year differential. So it's nineteen eighty. So the adventures are taking place in nineteen sixty seven. Right, so so they made it clear that in the, in that series that, that it definitely took place in the sixties, right? So here he is twenty nine in nineteen sixty, okay. So sixty minus nineteen thirty eight to which she's traveled, which of course has significance because um, um, that's the year that that Superman was first created. That's that was the first appearance of Superman. Um, so that's a that's a twenty two year differ, differential. Okay, so 22 years means that Superboy should be seven. Just, I'm just saying. So, um, now maybe she's just kind of traveling willy-nilly through time and, uh, and the travel is not so linear. Uh, however, uh, given that they've shown 1960 or 19, and 1950, then 1940, 1938, there's, there's, there's got to be some significant significance to that. Um, so we see uh, Superboy flying through uh, the stratosphere on his regular patrol, and he says, um, you know, nothing sensational going on. Um, let's see how uh, some of my friends are doing. And he, you know, looks into... Uh, in, into this, this basement and uh, sees some, some of the kids playing and see these kids could be seven. 
you know, they're playing hopscotch, and then they say, oh, the kids have taken over the... Pl- oh, oh, no, no, see, see, these are younger kids who are playing hopscotch, and, uh, and his friend Tommy Dale and his friends say, the kids have taken over the playroom, let's go play baseball. And he's thinking, baseball, games requiring ordinary skill don't thrill me. If only I had someone with superpowers to play against me. <gasps> what timing that he thinks this just as Supergirl comes out of the time stream, and he says, gulp. You popped out of the empty air wearing a costume like mine, and you can fly, too. Who are you? And she says, I'm your cousin Supergirl from out of the future. Glad to meet you, Superboy. Wow, the time-space continuum goes nuts. Um, now, see, do you remember there was, used to be this whole rule back in in, uh, in the DC days, that, uh, in the uh, Silver Age, that you basically if you traveled back in time and you were alive in that time period yourself, you turned into a phantom. But maybe there's some sort of proximity thing. Because, of course, if Superboy's around, she would have been around. She was uh, um, of, uh, on Argo City, and she was actually alive before... No, I guess they're saying here that that was after. Interesting. Interesting. Because, of course, back then, she was physically much younger than Superman. So I guess they they put it that way because they know he left when he was a baby, so she couldn't have... Okay. So, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll allow it. I'll allow it. Um, so she says, When Krypton blew up by Sherlock, a great chunk of the planet was hurled away and in, intact with people on it, lar- together with a large bubble of air. Yes, that was fortunate. Um... And she says, your father's brother, Zor-El, was one of the survivors. When the fragment turned into kryptonite, he had it covered with lead sheet metal from his laboratory. And so they put this lead foil over, over the grounds that will allow us to save, uh, survive safe uh, from the kryptonite rays. And of course, years later, he took a wife, and her daughter was born to them. But when she grew to girlhood, meteors smashed holes in the lead shield, and so they... Um, um, this is kind of funny. She says, our, our super space telescope reveals a man from Krypton has become a Superman on Earth. You must wear this costume, similar to his, and join him. Um, and Zoral said, you will have superpowers on Earth, and your costume will be invulnerable too, due to Earth's lesser gravity. Hurry, the kryptonite radiations have reached the danger point. So they send the address, uh, they send the rocket ship off with her. Uh, you know, farewell, Kara, gasp. And she says, my father, mother, all the people are dying. I'm an orphan of space now. No, she's not. She's not. They they got better. Um, so she says, in the year 1960, I masquerade as Linda Lee, an orphan in the Midvale Orphanage. I promised Superman to reveal my secret to no one that I am on Earth. But since you are Superman when he's young, I guess it's all right for you to know. Oh, what a disaster. Um, and he says, and you played in the, you came into the past so we could super romp together. Swell. Um, and so they, they decide to set up, they're like, hey, you know, you know that thing we do on the cover? We should totally do that in the book. So he puts the target on his chest, and uh, she grabs the super darts, and uh, they start playing this. And he says, it's another bullseye. Great shooting, Supergirl. This is super fun. And uh, she says, poor Superboy. In a few days, I must leave him. He must never see, he'll never see me again until he grows up to be Superman. So... Uh, Superboy says, hey, let's continue playing out of space. If anyone on Earth saw you, it would betray the secret of your existence. She says, oh, I'll race you to the planet Hebos. And um, so he decides to show her. They go trillions of miles in seconds. And he says, haha, I put, a bur- put on a burst of super speed and left her far behind. Nice kid, but she's no match for me. 
Um, and so he gets there, and there's a statue of, of Supergirl. And he realizes, hey, there's a heart beating. It must be her. <clears throat> he says, I'm not fooled, Supergirl. You're hiding inside that stone covering. You must have arrived ahead of me, then flown in and out of molten lava. And she says, clever. I deliberately failed to stop the beating of my heart to see if you were smart enough to find the clue. And he says, how did you, a mere girl, ever get here ahead of me? Wow. She says, you'll just have to get used to the idea that a supergirl can be just as super duper as a superboy. He says, you're right. Gosh, what a girl. She says, let's sit down for a few minutes, Superboy, and talk. Superman told me how much you miss having a super playmate, but can't you play with Crypto and your robots? Yeah, that's the same. Uh, she says, he says, it's not the same as having a, super, a human super playmate. Thanks for visiting me in the past. It means a lot to me. I've never been so happy. And she goes, me too. Let's play catch. So they grab a lunar satellite and start throwing it back and forth. And, she's, and, uh, and so she says, I didn't use my speedball pitch or that moon would have exploded when it struck Superboy's hands. Yes, yes it would have. Uh, then they play leapfrog over, uh, over the meteors. They're playing hide and seek. And, um, um, and, uh, and he can't find her. And of course he can't call out to her because of course sound doesn't travel in the vacuum of outer space. And he's looking everywhere. And finally, uh, she's uh, hiding in um, a fiery sun because, of course, neither she nor her invulnerable costume, that is significant, um, uh, is affected by the star's incredible heat. And she thinks it's hilarious. And he's, ah, oh, why didn't I think of that? Then they go to a completely water-covered world, and they go swimming, and um, and it's, it's great. But then giant metal claws out of the depths pick them up. And they see this merman craft, and she says, "They're fishing, and the catch is us. We came here for laughs, not to be the course for main course for a merman dinner." And so they leave the water world. Off we go. Bye bye, water world. You're all wet. And somewhere, Kevin Costner cries. Um, later on, uh, they they head homeward, and there's a couple of strange spaceships heading toward Earth, and it looks like they got death rays. They're going to be fired at any moment. It's it's an invasion. If we fight back, we may dis- destroy those. She says, but if we fight back, we may destroy those ships and the beings inside. But according to the code taught to me by Superman, we must never wipe out human life. What can we do? So they check in. Hey, it looks like it's uh, just robots, advanced scouts to see if Earth could be easily conquered. Um, and so they basically face the ships against each other. They get struck by their own death rays. And there is an Earth-shattering, if silent, kaboom. Um, not even a kaboom. So you can't even take a drink. Well, you can if you want. Um, and so, um, uh, so anyway, so, so, uh, she says, yeah, I, you know, in end of invasion. And she says, when I decided to travel into the past to visit my cousin, I never dreamt I'd help spoil an interplanetary invasion of earth. And so they stand, uh, at the top of, uh, of Mount Everest and Superboy says, I guess you'll be returning to the year 1960 now. I'll, I'll never forget you, Supergirl. She says, gasp, I just had a horrible thought about you and me. She says, what if someday, perhaps while delirious from kryptonite fever, because, <laughs> you know, he's always getting the kryptonite fever, um, you accidentally let it slip that a Supergirl is coming to Earth in the future. And uh, Superboy says, it could ruin your being the secret ace up Superman's sleeve. And she says, I goofed. Superman will be infuriated when I return to the future and tell him of this blunder. Maybe he will exile me from Earth permanently. Because, you know, Superman was a bit of a dick. Um, And Superboy says, gosh, we can't let that happen. 
I, I think he sees his potential for dickery. And uh, so he says, we got to think of something. And she says, Superman once warned me that anyone who inhales the fragrance of the great giant of the giant red flowers atop purple triangle mountain on the planet Albo in the foreign galaxy Zerolo forgets everything that happened during the preceding week, even super beings like us. And he says, I get it. The laws of science differ from ours in that galaxy. Boy, do they. Um, so she heads back in, uh, to the future and uh, he goes there, smells this big flower and says, how deliciously fragrant. Odd. I can't remember why I came back here or what happened during the last week. I'd better get back to Earth. And so in the present, uh, Supergirl is uh, at Midvale Orphanage in her everyday identity as Linda Lee with the pigtails on the uh, wig, the brown wig that she wore. And she thinks, it was f such fun being Superboy's super playmate. Maybe I'll cross the time barrier again someday to see him once more. And uh, so, of course, back in Smallville, in the past, after Superboy has resumed his identity as Clark Kent, uh, he's coming up from the basement, and Ma's saying, uh, dinner time, Clark, and he says, coming, Ma. And he's thinking, I guess I'll never know the joy of having a super playmate. And uh, the question asked at the end is, wouldn't Superboy be amazed if he knew that his burning desire had actually come true? So, so there you go. So um, <clears throat> that is the story of how Superboy first met Supergirl. And this story, of course, predates uh, Kara meeting the Legion by about April. So, so the... The Three Superheroes was um, in August of 1960. Let me confirm that. Uh, yes, um, it was August 1960 in Action Comics 267. And this, of course, was April 1960. So April, May, so May, June, July. So yeah, about four months. Um, so, you know, this, this idea of her, uh, traveling through time and, uh, well, I guess they came to get her, but, but of course, you know, of course this story didn't get referenced and it's not like she said, why just a few months ago, I traveled back in time to meet my, my cousin, you know, because, uh, these didn't do that kind of continuity, at least in the super titles. They did it more, a bit more in the, in the Legion series, you know, they, they referenced sort of past things, but that didn't happen a whole lot in, uh, in um in certainly in uh, superman and superboy series they were very much uh sort of of a of a monolith among amongst themselves while while stuff might occur they never they they seldom referenced it i guess part of that that being the idea that hey you know if you came into this maybe you would just think that this is the way it is and and uh, and so there was there was wasn't as much attention spent to that kind of continuity at the time, so uh, definitely a few months before she would become a member of the Legion, um, where there would be the potential, if not the actual happening, of uh, her meeting um, uh, Superboy, and and I know that like they were in the wedding picture together, for example, but if anyone can think of any other stories where they actually met and kind of fought with the Legion together, other than uh, than Great Darkness. Uh, I just I just can't seem to recall one off, off the top of my head, and I know a few of you out there will be able to, uh, to, to have instant recall of that, and so it's easier for me just to ask that of you. Um, 
rather than than sit here and try and cross reference a whole bunch of issues. But but I I can't recall too many series too many stories where uh, where that actually happened. You know, most of the some of them involved Superman. Of course, remember that really creepy story. Um, but for the most part, uh, for the most part. Not saying it never happened, but for the most part, Superboy and Supergirl, as members of the Legion, kind of acted in substitution for one another. Uh, so they weren't always there at the same time. Um, but anyway, uh, I hope you've enjoyed this little look back in uh, in Superboy lore, and uh, and also just uh, you know giving thoughts to the to the TV series. Um, would love to hear people's opinions on the televised versions of, of Clark. And that includes um, the the whole, uh, you know, the Lois and Clark thing. It wasn't, I got to admit, I kind of fell off that very quickly um, and kind of came back up at various points, but it was not something of which I was a regular viewer. And I've, I I think I watched the, the whole first season, but I think from there I kind of checked in and out and... Um, you know, I remember watching the, uh, the some of the ones surrounding the wedding of uh, of Lois and Clark, uh, but um, you know, because there was a lot of hoopla. There was hoopla, uh, but it, I don't know. It just was that that you know, it to me, it, it, you know, I I was often frustrated at the, uh, but that's not one of the real villains, and I know that's kind of lame, um, but but at the time, it just you know, it was it seemed so removed from. Uh, from from the comic book world that uh, that I I just I had I had real trouble getting into it so um, I'm I guess it's mainly because I'm also still angry that they changed uh, Jimmy Olsen's partway through I mean come on they didn't even make up an excuse about him having plastic surgery to look like someone else it's ridiculous preposterous indeed um, so anyway but. Uh, but uh, yeah, would love everyone's thoughts on the various uh, TV iterations as we move into a time where another Legionnaire, Supergirl, has her own television series. And I think that's kind of cool. Because um, you're not going to get like a Saturn Girl TV series, you know, because, oh, oh look, look at the eyebrows go, look at the eyebrows go. Yeah, no, it, it, it's it's a bit more daunting because, of course, you're dealing with characters that uh, they kind of need to be with the Legion. And uh, that's that's where they are at their best, and um, and arguably Supergirl has had some some good times outside of the Legion as well. Um, so we'll, we'll we'll have to see how that all goes. So comments as always are welcome. Legion of Substitute Podcasters Gmail dot com. You can join in the conversation on our Facebook page, which can be found at Facebook dot Podcasters dot com. We are on the Twitter. We are LOSP Podcast. And in addition to all these things, you can have it over our website, legionofsubstitutepodcasters.com, and you can leave a comment on this or any episode. And with that, we make our way back into the time bubble, head back to the 21st century, and we will see you all next week.